podcasting in my pajamas this is tiebreaker with ria it's all about capturing journeys sharing knowledge and letting you know that struggles are beautiful because growth comes only through efforts and struggles thank you for spending some time with me today now let's begin the transformation he came from a humble upbringing and has been grinding it on his own since high school not only is one seo his company extremely successful but he also has many other ventures and investments along with a great family and a team around him this guy is a role model not only for all the marketers out there but also for the entrepreneurs in general i so enjoyed our conversation it was so you know it was so insightful he has got great point of view on many crucial aspects of life he's just the best let's welcome lance bachman hello lance thank you so much for joining us today hey thank you for having me i appreciate it very much nice to see you again thank you thank you so much you know you're the marketing guy you run this very huge successful agency and i i see you i i just saw your youtube videos i saw how active you are you know how you know i mean and what kind of leader you are so i recently saw your video where you were like uh, everybody are coming back from your your team members are coming back back from the lockdown and you're so in, you're so excited about that you're welcoming them and you know you have your uh, uh, people you know ready with the the alcohol and stuff and it was like i was like wow i am loving that you know <laughs> yeah well, i mean nobody wants to be locked down i think uh, exactly majority of people are past at this point i think Uh, I know my employees are excited to be able to come into the office. I mean, I can't have everybody in here at the same time. Wow! Uh, but yeah. we can rotate about I have about 150 over 100 some employees to about 150. So we got to rotate 25 at, at a time in here. We have about oh. 30,000 square foot facility. So now wow. uh, we have to rotate them in, but um, each day they come in different teams. But I love seeing them. I think they love being back. Um, I don't think anybody wants to be in their house all day. And I know <laughs> had it worse. I've heard that and. But I think it's time to move on. You know, I I have been uh, quarantined for like let's say three years now because I'm working from home. I am, you know, and I I can literally understand. And when people are coming here and they're like, you know, lockdown is not good and stuff, and I'm like, dude, I'm experiencing it from like the past three years, and you know. <laughs> But um, so how was the remote uh, experience for you, uh, Lance? It was seamless. We're a technology company. I'm fortunate. I got great leaders here. We've always prepared for people to work from home because we've always had that capability. Wow. Uh, we track everything, so we didn't skip a beat. I mean, everybody here has always had a laptop. Uh, our developers normally come into the office every day, don't work from home, so we had them take their machines home, uh, bigger towers that they can run on, operate faster. But outside of that, we didn't skip a beat. Uh, CJ, uh, Scott, my partner, they were fully ready to go. Um, Made a great leadership team. We saw it coming. We knew it was coming. We didn't think it was going to happen because on Friday they announced it wasn't. Then Sunday night it did. Um, but I mean, we were prepared. So it was just a matter of coming in Monday. Our HR person was here, TJ. I mean, we didn't skip a beat. I mean, we actually probably gotten better through the process. So um, wow, that's nice. That's nice. So I'm kind yeah. of ready to happen. We'll never go back to full in office every day ever again as a company. Makes sense. Wow. Wow. You know, uh, just let's hold all of this now and let's just start from the start. 
how did you get started how how does your early life look like tell us something about something that nobody knows because i saw your videos and stuff and all the videos are more about marketing 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 but you know let's just take a break for a couple of minutes and just talk about your early life where you come from and everything else <laughs> i mean i come from northeast philly bucks county um i'm very fortunate um you know i got an incredible mother great brothers and sisters um you know i grew up different than most people you know i grew up through the orphanage foster care system uh schools uh Mel and Hershey school so i mean i've been through the child care system i've seen both sides right and then my mom came got us back moved to south to counter rock really was a tipping point in my life um good and bad right it's a very wealthy neighborhood uh, i didn't quite fit in my brothers didn't quite fit in uh, probably the only one that fit in was my sister Bridget to be honest uh, the rest of us didn't quite fit in but you know uh Teachers cared about us. Principals cared about us. Mr. Yates, one of the greatest guys ever met. Holland, Applegate, uh, Spearing, Friedman. Um, just Mr. Dunn, Seth Dunn, hey, Mr. Orman. We had a lot of great role models out there. Helped change our lives. And, um, you know, very fortunate. I'm a very lucky person. Uh, I didn't go to college right away, actually. Uh, well, I did, but, you know, two weeks of college. And then I went and started advertising. Wow. Yeah, when I was 21, I started selling the phone book and I fell in love with it. And, and I love what I do. I'm a very, very lucky person. I have, I've had the most amazing brothers, sisters, mothers, family, friends. And now I have a wife with four kids of my own. I couldn't be happier. Wow. Very lucky. Wow. You're, so you're I, I've been blessed. I've been blessed my whole life. I look at it. Some people would look at my childhood and say it's a nightmare for me. Uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I think uh, a lot of people could say, hey, that was a terrible childhood in a lot of ways. I look at it this way, uh, nothing's going to break me at this point in my life unless somehow wow. my children or family got sick. Wow, that that's such a nice, uh, you know, that, so well put, you know. Wow, that, that was amazing. <laughs> you, you don't really often listen to this, you know, that I am happy, I'm content, I'm so blessed and stuff because people are like, they want to point out stuff that is not good. So even if everything is good but there's one thing that's not good in my life people are going to talk about that oh you know that happened you know <laughs> because people are not happy or they want sympathy or something but you're like wow that's nice that's really good i, mean, I, I think i think people um you know especially with social media they look for attention through exactly i think some people don't know to be happy because they compare themselves to other people i'm fortunate like you know my brother fred was always a better athlete than me i have brothers that were more popular than me my sit you know it didn't matter i still loved them so i learned i didn't have to be the superstar and the, and the standout in every situation wow. it was okay so i've never compared myself to anyone else like i like people will compare themselves to i'm like i don't care what they're doing over there mm -hmm. i'm happy here and yeah i mean if you lived my life from what my life was i got a beautiful wife she's cool as hell i got four great kids that are all happy and healthy. I have a great family. Like you'd be pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. There are some things I would change business wise. Sure. There's some things I would change. Hey, when my son's exactly. are losing, but none of that stuff matters in the scheme of life. I mean, I bury, I buried brothers now in my lifetime. I know that I have a very grounded view of what life should look like. Exactly. And 
you're expressing it so well you know wow <laughs> i thought this is going to take long but you're done <laughs> wow all right um okay and then um at 21 you started learning about advertising marketing and stuff tell us a bit more about what you know what was that one thing that kind of attracted you and you were like okay this is my industry or this is my niche or this is what i want to do for the rest of my life i knew nothing about it i was working at a locksmith company and literally i put together a resume to a headhunter told me to and he got me an interview at Pitney Bowes selling copiers which most people don't even know they sell copiers yeah uh, an interview offer at Donnelly directory which is the phone book and i forget the other company i interviewed at might have been, i forget but i know when i showed up you know i didn't i didn't know in a suit so donnelly directory didn't hire me and i went back again trying to get the job and i'm not going to say the name name that didn't hire me but there was a uh, african american man jeff cartwright who was the general manager at the time and i waited for him and i just said listen i can promise you one thing if you hire me i will outwork anyone because i saw the cars in the parking wow. lot and they were all nice cars bmw's mercedes wow. all wearing suits and i said i'm going to have their money one day you got to remember you're talking wow. to a guy that had no money that was living back in the corner of Longshore and Tulip with his brother Fred in a one bedroom apartment for 250 bucks a month we were split. Wow. So, <laughs> so for me this was a home run and I was bouncing at night. So I mean and Jeff just said I'll hire you. He gave me a shot and after that the rest was in the making. Wow. You know um so that being said did you ever experience uh, something same like some sim- similar situation when you were hiring somebody and the person had no idea no skills but you saw that determination you saw that okay this guy can do something did you ever witness that and you were like all the time i I've, i've always tell people i'll take will over skill any day of the week wow a skilled person in the world doesn't mean you're going to get results if i don't if you're not passionate and you don't hold yourself accountable and be driven you're not it doesn't matter what you you got to want to win you got wow. you know you, you take two people you put them on a basketball court and if one person can shoot and dribble and is more athletic but they don't want to be there well the person with the will is going to most likely beat that person with the skill exactly. and at thorns you're going to have way more upside so i look for all the time I'm, i want i want hungry people that appreciate the little things in life Wow that's that's so well said. And then how long did you work uh, with that company? A few years. I left there and I went to Verizon and then I went to and I with superpays.com that went on to AT&T uh well it was actually allpays.com AT&T Bell South merged to make allpays.com they acquired us from Vegas and I was their uh, vice president for the whole entire country I made full officer there so I yeah. love AT&T I I I'm the most fortunate personally <laughs> when I ever go back to corporate America no but i had great mentors i've had some of the best people people like uh corporate america is so vicious it is but if you have the right mentors i had bill cormier one of the biggest mentors in my life i'm still good friends with danny deal great mentor charles stubbs great mentor jeff cartwright one of the best mentors stand up people you'll ever meet in your life so like i've been surrounded by ed smith a man gave me my first suit i didn't own a suit Why were the Donald wow. director this gentleman sat in front of me two desk and he's the polar opposite of me the most rudest director man it's probably where I get my directness from and literally he turns around and starts talking one day why don't you ever dress nice this and that 
And I think he knew the backstory, and we started talking. And he, this guy, I give him praise, he'd come with me. And he literally drove me to his house and gave me two suits, shirts, ties, everything. And I'll never forget that. And it impacted wow. my life so much. And here's a man that probably never told anyone that story. And here's a man that no one would ever think be that good-hearted of a man. And, I, and, I, and I'm friends with Ed to this day because I know deep down inside that tough exterior, the directness, some would call it rudeness. He's a very good man. So I've, I've been impacted by great people in corporate America. You know, the, the best part about you is that you're so thankful about everything, you know, like everything. And that is, that makes you special. That makes you different, to be honest. Wow. Uh, and yes, you're right. Directness is often judged as being rude and, you know, selfish is often judged as, okay, that person is self-centered. That person is selfish, you know, and that's wrong. That's, that's, you know, people take it as negative, but actually it's really good for yourself. You know, it's, it's good. It's positive at times. I'm very direct. I mean, I don't think, I think I was probably self-centered when I had children before I had children. Now I'm for my children, my family, um, my company. So I think you start to learn as you get older, more mature. Life's not (laughs) about you. It's about everything around you and taking everyone with you and having great experiences together because I've always said this and don't take it the wrong way. And I hope no one watching this would take it the wrong way. I look at somebody like Steve Jobs that went on to have all that success and all that money and he didn't know his daughter really. He died alone. I'd rather have nothing, have my brothers and sisters wow. and my wife and children with me than that. This is a million dollar statement. Trust me, you know, people are, you know, people are blindfolded. They are they're running for money. They're running for everything. And at the stake of losing relationships, losing uh, valuable, uh, you know, uh, relationships, friendships and everything. And because the the main goal for all the millennials out there is that I want to earn money. You know, I don't care about anything else. I want to earn money. And I we need to... <laughs> I think that's the Kardashian syndrome though, right? The Kardashian <laughs> syndrome, right? And I'm not being mean. I mean, I don't know them. I don't care about them. It's just, I really never watched one of their shows, but on social media, uh, I think the one girl, what's her name? Kylie or Kimmy? Kylie. Something like that, right? Yeah. I, 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 but, you know, you go from, but if you don't realize their dad was a very big attorney, they had a very big network, um, you know, their sister hit fame for whatever reason, and then it just skyrocketed, right? Well, that's not the norm. And they see all these people on Facebook now saying, I'll make you into a millionaire, an influencer, all this BS. They don't realize I've been doing this for 25 years. So when like somebody comes to me and they say to me, how'd you build this company? I'm like, this didn't just start 12 years ago. It started 13 years prior to that of me working 15 hours a day, being groomed, understanding the environment, know how to navigate things, know how to lead, know how to get people to pull the boat in the same direction, get results for your clients, how to handle upset clients. You're always going to have them and really keep navigating through water. So the problem is with social media, people think these guys are millionaires in six months here. I mean, I literally have people call exactly. me up and say, I didn't get results in two months or a month. And I'm like, what? Like, this isn't instant coffee. <laughs> so well said. And, you know, uh, I, I often see on LinkedIn, you know, people are like, uh, I am a social media expert. I am a digital marketer. I've got four certificates, four degrees, and they call themselves an, as, as an expert. You know, they're hardly in into that industry for like six months or four months or just one week and but then the titles are like i'm a marketer i'm an expert i can i'm a mind hacker i am this i am that and i'm like 
really you know we are actually losing the real meaning of social media we are actually losing the real meaning of connections because there are so many fake accounts out there fake profiles out there fake uh, articulation out there who are trying to you know sell you something or trying to say that i am the influencer just come and connect with me and people who are actually doing that with you know and they're they're not saying anything so that is there you know that's exactly it's there. It's, i mean I, I mean i don't buy into that i mean i i look at the, I, this is what i say to people right why would you do business with someone that's not successful if you're a business owner number one right mm-hmm. correct number and it's pretty easy to find out right google's a powerful tool linkedin's a powerful tool facebook's a powerful tool right um so number one why would you do business with someone that's not successful how can they make your business successful if they're not successful exactly number two exactly. What are their customers saying about them? It's real simple. <laughs> Google's a powerful tool. LinkedIn's a powerful tool. Facebook's a powerful tool. It's real simple. And I always say this to people. Number three, why would their relationship with you be any different than everyone else that's saying all these good or bad things about them? Oh, wow. Yeah. I never thought it that way. Wow. So it's that simple. People, I mean, you got to remember, everyone's selling themselves. But what I don't want, and I thank God for, is my ex-girlfriend never met my wife before me. She would be with me and be the mother of my kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's so well said. Wow, I'm already enjoying this conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Going back to the, you know, uh, so you were working for a couple of years with the companies and then, you know, you, you met great mentors and... Um, uh, how important do you think there's a, you know, uh, uh, you need a mentor? Like, how important do you think that we human, you know, we all of them, we need mentors in our life. We need somebody who can coach us, who can guide us. Because uh, we are like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take care of it. We'll find a way. We'll find a way. And there are people out there who like me, for example, right now, I'm just, I'm, I have a really very small team. I'm working as a virtual assistant for very many entrepreneurs out there. But I'm like, who do I look up to? You know, who, who, I don't understand. I don't understand this. So uh, how important is mentorship? How, how, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look, if you, oh, give me one second. because I want to answer that good for you. Uh, really good for you. So I want, if you really think about this and you need a mentor, anyone that says you they're self-made, they're full of shit. There is no such thing as self-made. People walk up to me all the time and say, Lance, you're self-made, self-made, right? Yeah. Yeah, I came from nothing, you know, uh, you know, yes, I did. But no, that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with, it has to do with, I had my mom, who was a great mentor, never taught me to give up, never quit. Listen, people can say whatever they want about, about my mom and about, oh, well, you were here, you were there. Well, my mom was abused, beaten, you name it, and she came back, kept coming back. So that's just the fact of it. So you learn that from that one mentor. My brothers and sisters have all taught me different things. My sister Janine's taught me kindness. She taught me, you know, to forgive, you know. Then you go outside of your family element, right? And you say, okay, um, Jeff Cartwright taught me, hey, you, it's okay that you weren't the best speaker. It's okay that you were, aren't polished, but you still can be successful and do a job. Then someone like Bill Cormier instills so much confidence in you that you think you would take over the world, right, as a mentor. And then Danny Deal, you know, it's funny because a guy by the name Bob the Ford, I'll say his name point blank, said, you'll never run an organization because you aren't the best public speaker, right? But when you 
when when that happened, I go to AT and T, and a guy like Neil Salvage, who was great to me, winds up teaching me how to public speak with Bill Rizal, wow. Pat Eastburn. We get together a dream team that teaches me how to start talking in front of people, slow things down, easy on the slur. So anyone that tell, and then I have a guy like Patrick Adillo for revenue and money and how to run an organization. So anyone that tells you they don't need mentors to grow an organization, they're full of shit because everyone, you, you can read as many textbooks as you want. And that's why I call you a textbook, tough guy, a textbook, tough girl. The real world is a constant moving ocean and you got to be able to adjust. And sometimes you need other people's leadership and guidance to help you adjust to that ocean. Makes sense. Wow. That was so nice. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. Wow. So when was that day or that moment when you were like, okay, I have worked enough. I need to start something on my own. I need to start one SEO digital agency, you know, and that's, that's a great name. You know, I, I like the company name. So what was that moment like? And you were like, okay, I'm done with the job side. I'm done with the corporate life. Let's get well, started. Well, I mean, I could tell you this, what really, really, really made me say I'm going out on my own. Yellowpages.com, Charles Stubbs, who I'm still great friends with today, Patrick Adola. You know, I pretty much had a conversation of being transferred. And most people don't know, I started Yellowpages.com premise division from zero as our first employee to 159 uh, million to wow. 900 employees. I started that. And no one could deny it, look at it. <laughs> but when someone says we're going to transfer you, I said, let's have the post-employment conversation. Uh, I wind up meeting uh, Jane Albador coming back from New York. We had a conversation. A woman, old Jewish woman, just said, scared of money, don't make money, go out and get it. Overheard our conversation, never met her before. I never looked back. Called my sister up, said, I'm starting this company. I moved forward. Um, so it's just a few things like anything else in life. My brother passed away. It was just a few moving pieces that made me say, I'm going out on my own. It was the best decision. I was never afraid of putting my own money up and putting me behind it and six. I knew I'd always do the right thing. I knew one thing for sure. I would work at outwork anyone that I knew. Wow. And what are the top most values of your life that you're not going to compromise no matter what, no matter if you're getting a hundred million dollar deal, you know, what are the most top values of your life? My top core values. So like I have some core, two core values. I'm not going to hurt no one. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. Um, you know, there's just certain, I'm not going to humiliate someone else. I'm not going to bash someone else. There's just, there's certain core values, no matter what you want. Um, we're not going to do here. And I, and that runs through my whole entire company, my whole, my whole agency on both sides. I think that goes through all of them time and time again. Wow. That's nice. That's nice. People usually forget this. And again, it's like a broken record. I'm saying the same things people forget. People forget, but that's how the reality is these days. Wow. So tell us a little bit more about your first client and your first hire. How was that? My, well, well, this was simple for me. My first client is still my client, Lisa from Five Star Painting, wow. New Jersey. I cold called her. I didn't have an agreement. Uh, she trusted me. She gave me her credit card. I didn't have anything for her to sign. I had to drive to my friend Bill Cormier's. And I was like, Bill, what, what do I do? He gave me his agreement. He, he's my mentor, but he would literally be my competition. But we actually, he white labels our product now. But whatever, that's the point. He's a great friend of mine. Gives me the agreement. I go back to Lisa. She signed it. And JoLynn, Dave DePaolo, and Jackie Eldridge uh, were my first employees. Dave DePaolo has his own agency now, small agency, great guy, knows the product. 
very good friend of mine, you know, Jackie Eldridge had her own agency that she went on uh, to, she's older now with the young children, yeah, or her daughter's older now, but, you know, she went on to work at a retirement community home now, still great friends with me, and my sister Jolene's my CFO here, and she helped me build this organization, so I'm very fortunate, my first four people are close people in my life, they're great people, and Jackie and Dave will both tell me when they, when they left, I handed them a nice check for helping me start my company so they can start their companies. Wow. Wow. First thing, your first client is still your client. Like you started this journey. 14 years. uh, 12 years later, she's still my client. It's unheard of in the digital market. Our retention rate is so good here. Um, The clients that don't do well with us, the ones that want immediate results, Mm -hmm. unrealistic expectations, they don't understand it takes time. They're like, well, I've been doing this 60 days with you now. I'm like, yeah, it takes longer than 60 days. But so... But they wonder why they jump from agency to agency. You can never make them happy. You know, if your first client is still your client after 12 years, there's nothing else you need to prove or there's no, there's no testimonial needed for you, to be honest. Because it's just... first 100 accounts, we still have literally 78 of them still with us as of today. Wow. 78 of them are still with us as of today, our first 100 accounts for, from our first year in business. Okay, I need to process this. <laughs> out of 100 accounts, you still have 78. I mean, out, out of 100 first... The first 16 months of doing business with us, yes. Wow. That's, that's an achievement. And that, that is one thing. And the second thing is that you, uh, you know, people are uh, too much into competition. People like, I, you know, there's a lot of competition. I don't want my, my employees are always supposed to be with me, but you were like, okay, you know, your, your first employee literally started his own agency and you are so close to him till today. You gave him a good check because you wanted him to do well. Wow. So tell us about after He left here. I was in his wedding after he left. What people don't realize is competition is good. Number one. Number two, when you're, there's so much business out there, if one of your employees leaves you and that, you, and that becomes your main competition, you got a problem because there's so much business out there. Number three, if you leave my company, you don't try and take any of my accounts that we worked on here, go. Why, why could I deserve better for me, but you don't deserve better for you? Do I think my worth is more than your worth? It's not. All I ask for people, if you want to own your own agency and, or you want to, take a step up in your career by coming here. While you're here, give me everything you got and I'll give you everything I got to make you better, to have the tool set to go out and win and be successful after here. I think I call it a fair trade. If you can't do that, then no. The only only thing I ask for is don't touch a one SEO client and we'll be good. We're a shock IT client. We'll be great. I don't ask too much to ask for. That's not too much for ask for. Definitely. Wow. Wow. I so want to work for you now. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. All right. And, you know, uh, that's that's so nice. You know, uh, when is somebody ready? I don't think so. This is the word. But when is somebody uh, ready to scale? Because I am kind of a person, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I have, you know, when I was going through your videos, when I was kind of preparing a little bit for our meeting today, I was like, You've got 100 employees, the way you're treating them, the videos out there. And I'm like, I was, I was like, wow. I, I, you know, you became kind of like an inspiration. I was like, I want to do something of this sort. I want to literally grow my team. I want to, you know, do things. But 
when will I be ready for to scale up? You know, or when? This is what I say to people: AI can't answer the question for when you'll be able to scale up. But you got to remember, the agency life is a service business, right? But we're just in the technology. We're no different than HVAC, plumbers, roofers, lawyers. You need the bodies to service the accounts. There is no automation that can. Correct. There is no. There is no uh, technology can. Technology will help us get our jobs done, manage tasks. But if I had to do it all again, I would go work for someone, learn a craft, shine their organization so they spot, put a spotlight on you and say, start take, having you around them. The way, way business people learn and entrepreneurs learn is by being around other business people and entrepreneurs and see how they behave, how they talk, how they communicate. And the good ones all network with each other. So that would be my advice to anyone about before you go out and scale because why would you, if I could scale in five years after working for somebody for two or three and get to 100 employees or go out on my own and take me 15, 20 years of struggling to get to 50 Makes employees, sense. you know, the roadmap to success is pretty simple. See what successful people do and start putting your spin on it and be authentic to yourself. Makes sense. You know, um, uh, you are really, you work really very hard. I, I, I read somewhere, I saw somewhere that you're also working on Christmas Eve, you're working every day, you're making, you're working like 15 hours a day and something. Uh, so what advice do you have for all the, uh, you know, newcomers, all the newbies in the industries? Do you really have to work very hard or working smart is also an option, you know, hiring and delegating something of that. This sort. is what I say to people when you're starting a company, right? And this is where a lot of people are in industry. And if you said, this is specific for the newbies in the industry of digital marketing, it and that, right? I can't make it any simple. You got to outwork everyone unless you're VC funded, which too many VCs and private equity firms aren't investing into new startups in the agency world. They come in there constantly asking to acquire and take a percentage of my company. It's build, tried, branded, and trusted. Makes sense? Which I'll never do. But for a newbie, yes, you got to outwork everyone. How, how do you work smarter? You don't have any clients yet. So you got to go hustle on your clients. You don't have the processes in place yet. So you got to work harder to put your processes in place. You don't know what systems you're going to use. So you're going to have to try multiple systems and, and CRMs and everything else to put in place. So no, I don't believe you could work smarter as they like to say. I say working smarter means you wanna be fucking lazy in my opinion and be an entrepreneur. It's plain and simple for me. Be willing to work 15 hours a day as an entrepreneur or don't plan on having success. Wow. That, that, that's that simple for me for with anyone. Perfect, so well said, yeah, that's nice. Um, Wow. Uh, and you know, um, uh, for people out there, so digital marketing, you know, I think this is the only service which is, which looks easy, but it is not because you're literally playing with numbers here. You're playing with, you know, you need to get uh, traction, you need to get leads and which you cannot anticipate until and unless you start. And, but then clients out there, they need a guarantee. Like how many leads am I going to get if I sign up with your agency, which is like, which is like the pressure that that is a pressure. But like if you are going for a software, um, you know, there's a software company, it's easy. They have to sell the software. If there's a human resource, it's easy. But digital marketing is something that, you know, you cannot anticipate. So did you, you know, do you ha have a situation or, you know, when you get a client and you're just not able to uh, generate leads for the company, you're just not able to do the right, you know, 
we, we want to take that client as we're, we've been around so long and been so tested. We know the right budgets for every vertical we're in. We know if someone's a bad client, they don't have the budget, their site's no good, their social media's no good, they don't answer their phone. So we're very good at vetting it. Uh, in the early stages, when I first started my company, sure, I had things like that. We try and test and it didn't work out, but we're not in that business anymore. Um, and nor would I be. We turn away more clients a month than we take. So it's just, <laughs> so I have no problem saying that. And it's just, is what it is. We are going to take clients that we feel we can make successful, that have the same expectations as us. And we can be on the same page. Sometimes 99% of the time, we're going to meet those expectations. Sometimes someone gets through that we don't meet their expectations and it just doesn't work out for several reasons. So um, no, I think as you get mature, you understand the landscape more, you can set expectations. You can see what the cost per clicks are, what the conversion rates are, if they're ranking organically, what traffic, social media, if you're in front of the right audiences, if you have the data, if you have their emails, you can do similar audiences and target them. So there's so many things you can do to gauge and get a good viewpoint on it. Um, expectation setting is the biggest problem most agencies don't do is why they have such high churn. They don't set that right expectation from the beginning, which uh, I think our team does very well here. So what are the few mistakes you think, uh, Lance? What are the few mistakes you think are uh, uh, as a freelancer or as an agency that they, they, they make, you know, but one of the mistakes is that, uh, as you said, you know, we say yes to every client, no matter if we have the bandwidth, no matter if we can do the job, but we're like, we're getting business, we're getting money. Let's say yes. And end up. I think, that's, I think that's the biggest mistake. Number yes, one, that's right. Big. I think that's the, so. That's the, one of the worst things you want to do. Even starting out, I mean, you don't have to do that because I always say that the difference between good money is bad and bad money is this: good money is money you keep. Bad money is money that people want to come take back. They want to argue with you. They want credits. And let's just be honest: when you get into that game, you wind up spinning your wheels a lot more. So, no, I think the biggest thing agencies make and we don't work with any freelancers, but freelancers are so happy to get a client. Well, that, is, that client can cost you a lot more money. If you have a great attitude, you're fired up to go to work, your staff's fired up to go to work every day, business is going to come in, I promise you. Results are going to happen, your team's going to be motivated. You get, I call them J-O clients and people that are miserable with their own lives and they want to bring that into your agency world because they have a little bit of power because they're paying you, so they want to beat you up or expectations are up, P.I. call it, you know, uh, champagne taste with beer pockets, I call it, right? Well, that's just not the clients you want to deal with. you got to vet them very fast or your agency will never be built. I promise and, you that. And what is, how, how you know, uh, if you are a very direct person, right? But let's say if I have an agency and if this client's coming in, how do I say no to them when I know that I cannot do something for no. them? Because no, 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 no. <laughs> don't own an agency if you can't say no. I mean, and you can wow. say no. You can say like my sister Joe Lynn and CJ, who runs my company here. They're not even one tenth as direct as me. They're a lot more toned down, but they have no problem saying no, and they don't make you. I always say this to, to someone: you could say no and make someone still feel good about that relationship. And I try and say no in a very nice way. And just say, you're not the ideal client for us. It's not personal. We wish you the best. Wow. Because there's a looking good factor, you know. I want to look good in front of people. I want to look good. And you, that's so easy. You just say no. <laughs> but what's looking good, to that client that you're saying no to, they probably appreciate it more times than not. 
Exactly. Like they don't, they're not taking offense. If someone has the budget that you could work with, they shouldn't be offended. They're the one giving you the budget, right? I can't work with you. If someone's expectations are up here and you know you can't meet, if I don't know if you're married, if you have kids, you had a boyfriend, but if your boyfriend said to you, let's go run 10 miles right now and I'm going to get engaged to you and you know you can't make it past <laughs> two miles, you might want to say no and come up with a new way to get engaged. I like right? that. <laughs> I mean, like there's certainly, you got you to live in reality. You got to remember everything you commit to a client on, you got to deliver on. So if you know you can't deliver, it's no different than the pizza owner. He doesn't take a pizza order without knowing he can show up with a pizza to your house, does he? Exactly, exactly. Well, you have to be the same way with your agency. You know, I, I read somewhere, it was, it was said by one of the famous person, I just don't remember the name, that um, uh, even if you don't know and you're getting a client, if you don't know what to do, how to do the job, and you're getting a client, take the client, learn and then deliver it. So do you really believe in the statement or you or you're the kind of a person who believes that if you know, take the client. If not, just leave it. When I started my company, I had that mentality, that famous person everybody just said, you, you gotta have a little bit of belief in yourself, you'll figure it out. Now, that being said, you gotta have realist expectations. If somebody came to me and asked me to build them the Death Star, I'm turning them away. If somebody came to me today and they're not in our vertical and we don't feel like we get success for them, I'm out. I don't want nothing to do with it because I say to my team, we don't need to be 500 great employees here, employees. We need to be 150, 200 great employees where I can always give you employment, good pay, a great environment, and grow organically. We have no debt. I don't need jet set and money. People always say to me, oh, Lance, you can grow your company, bring private equity firm in. I don't need to jump on a private jet to be happy. A, I wouldn't fly private anyway because they're the ones that always go down, right? So, I mean, I'm not being rude here. It's a matter of what you want out of life. I want a work-life balance for my employees, for me. I want to be able to see my family. But, yes, in the very beginning, to answer your question directly, did I take on clients that I probably didn't know? But some of my best clients are people that we learned how to figure out to be successful for in the beginning. So you got to do what's best as long as you feel you can win for your client. They got to come first, not you. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Whoa, that was nice. Um, now, uh, Lance, um, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's this difference, you know. I got a cert like the people out there who say that I got a certificate. I studied in this in this particular digital marketing I institution. Show it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I can't say it fast enough. You know, it's funny. My sister found my degree from Temple uh, in her house. She brought it in the other day. True story. I didn't even know where my degree was, and I literally wow. said, "Do one of me for what?" <laughs> and like, so I mean, like people always want, when you got to put down. When I see people put down their certificates, or I'm a doctor, I went to law school, it just shows me how insecure you truly are. If you really want to be an expert at something, nothing beats on-the-job training, education, learning, understanding. And anyone can cheat themselves through a test. Trust me, because through high school and college, it's all I did. (laughs) That's all I did. I graduated college. I'm like, samill.com. I can name a hundred different ways. I had somebody literally go and take my science class for me, my math (laughs) class. So you can't convince me on a piece of paper compared to 
the results and the things you do for people. Wow. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, again, you know, uh, so, <laughs> well, uh, I'm very passionate about digital marketing, you know, but it's just that, you know, let's say if I want to become a digital marketer, you know, and I want to, you know, help small business owners, very small business owners. I want to help my own business get some good clients and stuff. Um, you know, what are your suggestions? I think that there are so many uh, people out there who are selling digital marketing courses. I, you know, I really think that uh, more than digital marketers, they are the trainers, you know, the, the, the digital marketer trainers who want to train people to, you know, who want to sell their course. So uh, what do you suggest a person who's super interested in becoming a digital marketer, who getting into this world, uh, you know? I don't have a problem with a digital marketer trainer that has success, that has his own agency or, you know, listen, two good friends of mine have their own courses they do and they sell and they're good digital marketers. So yeah, you might want to take one of their courses because at least you're going to have a good basic level foundation. Correct. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's the people that never had success. They're out there peddling garbage. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So um, you got to learn from somewhere. So I have no problem with the training courses from good people um, whatsoever. I'm, I'm not into training other people. I don't have a desire. It's not even something I ever want to do. I just love digital marketing and <laughs> we're going to have fun working for clients and building. Um, now, as far as what else can you do? If I was, you know, we just hired a young guy by the name of Phil, right? Phil reached out to us for a social media job. He was in college, went to the University of Miami, down there partying. I tell him, interviewed him a few times. He drove up here. He works for me. I don't know what Phil's whole life's going to be, but Phil wanted to be a digital marketer. Phil might be here for two, three years with me and then go out on his own. He might wow. go work somewhere else. But Phil, you got to get your foot in the door with an agency and separate yourself. And I tell people this all the time. Agencies aren't hiring people with experience for big money. So you got to be realistic. So just get your foot in the door and show what you can do. Um, but I have no problem with online training courses and just get your foot in the door in a good agency. Perfect. Wow, that's so well said. Wow, that was nice. Uh, so, you know, the basic training you can take, but the advance is, on, it only comes from the experience, right? You cannot... Yeah. You start hanging out with other advanced digital marketers. You start going to some of the better conferences. You start speaking there. You start looking at stuff yourself. You start diving in deeper. It's like anything else. The more heart surgeries you do, the better heart surgeon you're going to be. I mean, the more you jog, the faster your mile gets, you know, as long as you... It's like anything else. You've got to live and breathe. If you live and breathe anything, it's impossible not to be successful. Makes sense. Wow, makes sense. Um, wow. You know, also, the, <laughs> you know, as you know, I have this virtual assistant background. I've seen that there are many digital marketing uh, companies that are coming or that are going to other agencies or they're going to other, other freelancers and asking, you know, they need help in generating leads. So, does this make sense? If you yourself are a digital marketer, why are you going, why are you outsourcing your lead generation? <laughs> I've never heard of that before. That, oh, I, I, I never have. I never have. Um, if, I mean, that sounds kind of weird to me. I mean, it depends, right? <laughs> if you're the logos, brand, and design, you might not know how to lead, how to get lead generated right? through digital marketing, social media, PPC. So not to stick up for them because you got to remember about 40% of our business here is we do the work for other agencies. So we actually do the SEO, we do the PPC, we do the, but they're different. So like one might be a design shop and we're doing the SEO social media for them. Uh, a lot of PR firms, a lot of uh, things like that we do it for. Um, so, I mean, 
I never really heard of another agency hiring another agency for lead gen. Uh, I would question that for sure. <laughs> yes. But um, I don't know what agency would would hire, would do work to get someone else lead gen that's competing with them. Like if someone called me to say, hey, Lance, can you get me lead gen for logo work, design? Sure, I would. But if someone said, can you get me SEO, PPC, and social? I mean, no. Like, are you smoking? What are you smoking over Is it a happy hour? <laughs> I actually experience it. I, have, I, I myself have received a lot of requests, you know, regarding lead generation. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, know, uh, I, know, I mean, I've never, I've been doing this a long time. I, I, that one I'd be a little taken off guard with. <laughs> I guess somebody they want to come work for me, probably, or they don't get bought. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, you know, uh, the, the only difference between agencies or between companies, not everybody, and I'm not just being like for all the companies, but for majority of the companies, the only difference is the logo, you know, uh, how can, how can a company or an agency can achieve differentiation? Let it be any company, let it be any niche, any industry. See, I, I have a difference to that. I think logos don't matter, right? Before Nike, Nike was a swoosh to it was built before McDonald's is probably the most known one. It was just literally an arch of an M that people looked at, right? So until you build the brand, then the logo has value, right? Exactly. The logo should connect with the brand somehow, but it's the voice of the brand telling the story. I think the biggest differentiator of any company is its employees. I think that's the biggest one, especially in our space. You need good, great people. With Adam, your boat is going to sink. Trust me, I've had a lot of shitheads in my company at some point or another where I had a clean house. Wow. You need great people. And how do you understand if the person is, you know, how do you know if it's a good hire or a bad hire before hiring the person? You don't, but you better. You, yeah, I always say this, people, you hire fast, you fire faster. <laughs> That's well said. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you get a fox into the hen house, it'll do a lot of damage. And, I, and, I, and I've been, I, I, I've witnessed that over years at multiple organizations so now I have no time, but my employees don't have a tolerance for now. If, my, if there was a negative person in my organization now, somebody would come to one of our leaders and say, this person's a cancer, is not a cultural fit, get them out. We look for cultural fits more than anything else. Will versus skill, cultural fit, people that understand, customer first, company second, your third. Oh, wow. Wow, that's nice. And do you believe in, are you still very disciplined? Like when your employees are showing up to the to work, you are there, when they're leaving, you're leaving. Do you also follow that nine to five? Or you're more like, you know, uh, okay, now everything is pretty automated. Now I have that extra time. You know, how are, how are you in this kind of situation? Well, I mean, I don't want to say I follow my employees. I think it's a marriage of we follow each other. Makes sense. Um, I get up at 4, 4.30 every morning I start working. So anyone that knows me, all my employees can test that email, start flying, text start flying. I don't expect them to respond. They'll start responding around 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, most of them. Um, I leave work almost every day by 5 o'clock, 4.30 to go coach my children. I want my children every night. That's something that's not negotiable for me, for anything. Wow. Then I go back to work after practice every night. My wife is... Very, very cool. Sorry about that. No problem. My wife is very, very cool. LJ, sorry Hi. about that. Sorry no about problem. That. Hi. LJ, I'm on the phone, buddy. I got it. it, it 
I will I will call you back, all right, bud? I get, don't call back. I'll call you back, right, bud? Sorry about that. No, I'm assuming, no. I'm assuming you're going to edit this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Thank God. All right. Um, yeah. So I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so I'm up at 4, 430. I think we follow each other. It's not, it's not a, a dictatorship. It's I get up at 4, 430. I work. I work out. Then I come in the office or go to appointments, whatever it may be. But I'm home by 5 o'clock, 530 for practice almost every single night now unless I'm on the road. Um, to be with my kids. But then I go back to work at that night as soon as practice is done I'm on the phone. You can't just say in this day and age with connectivity, I'm just turn it off. Some people can. I don't believe in that. I believe my customers deserve better. I believe my employees deserve better. I believe if you trust me to work for me or for me to work for you for your advertising or your IT, I'm going to be there every moment of the day unless I'm with my children at a sporting event. Do you believe in micromanagement? No, you can't. It's impossible. I believe you have to have systems and processes in place to, to check things off and make sure things are done. But you can't micromanage people and build a hundred man organization. It's impossible. Oh, exactly. Awesome. Wow. That was, that was so much of good information, you know. And uh, what one advice do you want to give to all the marketers out there, out there, you know, like, uh, you know, what, what marketers uh, should learn today uh, that will help them after 10, 20, 50 years of time? If I was a marketer and I had to learn one thing today, and truly, if I was a marketer and I learned one thing today, I would learn, answer my phone, answer my emails, customer <laughs> service, it's going to separate you apart. Very you important. have the best product in the world. If you have shitty customer service, nobody wants to deal with it. So that's what I would tell every marketer starting out. We live in a generation where people feel like they don't have to respond anymore. Business owners and entrepreneurs don't, we ain't your school teacher. We ain't your mom. We ain't your friend. We, ain't, we expect a return. We respect when I email you, email me back. I call you, call me back. If you can't play by those rules, you probably shouldn't be starting your own agency. Wow. And do you have any funny moments like oh, with your client or with your employees, some funny, funny moments or memorable moment that you can never forget? And that was like also kind of a life lesson to you. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of life lessons, um, you know, to have a funny moment, probably not like something too crazy. Um, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of life lessons on uh, you know, simmer down. It's not the end of the world. Things are going to happen. You're going to gain clients. You're going to lose clients for no fault of your own. Always try and do your best. Employees are going to mess up. It's part of living. It's part of learning for them too. Um, if your customer can't understand your employee made a mistake and move on from it, that's probably not the right customer for you because their employees are going to make mistakes. So, um, I learned a lot. I learned that there's great people that want to do great things. If you give them the freedom to do it, um, I learned there's a lot of shitty people that don't want to do things also, and you have to find the balance and do the right thing. So I've learned a lot of lessons over 12 years. The biggest lesson I learned is uh, you're better off not reacting the way you want to react. Think about it, table it, and come back and address it when you're a little clearer. Wow, that's awesome. You know, before uh, we go, last two questions. Uh, one thing is about uh, fatherhood. You know, you are talking a lot about your kids, you, you make sure that you're not missing any coaching, you, you make sure that you're there for them and you're giving them time. But many people out there, I know why, I don't know why I always compare, but 
there are people out there who are like they've got so busy into their business into their professional life that they don't really have time for their family for their wife for the uh, kids or you know let it be uh, you know whatever it is so uh, why how you know give suggest us or give an advice for all the people out there who need to make sure that you know uh, they are there with their kids at the early stages of the life well I mean, as a father, the only advice I can give you, and it's good for me, I've never seen a Brinks truck follow a Hearst truck, follow a Hearst. So you're never going to see a Brinks follow a Hearst, right? So money, children, you know, when, when my wife got pregnant with my son, LJ, I was so scared to have my, I know I could be a father or not. I was, I, was, I was a single guy my whole life. I enjoyed life. And my brother said, children don't understand money. All they understand is the time with you. And there's no truer words. And for me, I never had a father, never had a good man in my life as far as that. And I, I, love, my, I love my sons, so there's no other place I'd rather be than be with them. And it's not about, if you're going to take money over children, that's great. And that's awesome for you, and that's your priority. For me, my priority is my family over money any day of the week. And that's never going to change for me. So it's what you think is the most important for you. I'm not here to tell people hey, what they should do. But I know me, when I die, I know I want my sons, my brothers, my sisters, I want my wife wow. all to remember this guy loved his family no matter what and didn't put wow. everything before his family. Wow. And uh, just so for the, all the listeners, if you have built your company once from the scratch, you can do that hundred more times, right? I don't worry about that. that you can take everything from me. I feel very very confident I could rebuild everything again without hesitation. That's the confidence. And just because you have done it all yourself and that is it. And before we go, what are the few things that you do on a daily basis? And you think that that's very important for every human out there to do. Let it be business, let it be personal, whatever it is. What are the few things that you do every day? I mean, I think for anyone that has a successful business, I don't care who you are, you need time by yourself. So I get up every morning, about an hour or two, sometimes three hours before my kids and my wife. And I spend time, I go through my emails first, I respond to everything, then I work out. Not that I'm, you know, the picture of human health by any means, but I at least run a few miles, I'll do push-ups. I'm constantly doing something for a half hour to an hour every morning just to clear my mind. I, I have to be able to think right. And I do try and eat somewhat healthy. I don't eat totally clean, but I do try and eat somewhat healthy 80% of the time. And I mean, there are consistent things I do and I'm constantly talking to my employees and to my leaders and to my wife, just trying to make sure everything's okay. So I don't want to get hit by a sucker punch. Life throws so many at you already. I don't need another one. Wow. wow that's nice. And that everybody needs to listen. Oh, that was awesome, Lance. And thank you. So I mean, I don't really want to end this conversation, but I know you are going to kind of block okay. me if I do. <laughs> it was great. I thank you. I appreciate you for having me. I can't wait to see you there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lance. It really means a lot. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for enlightening our listeners with so much of good information. It really, really means a lot. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I really hope you got some value out of this. Love you all and stay tuned for our next show. Bye-bye.